Future CEOs on CliffCentral.com. Welcome to Future CEOs. My name is Gareth Armstrong. It's great to be with you. Next to me, the lovely Fluvian boy, the ever lovely Fluvian boy. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Are you doing well today, Fluvian? Spending time with you and learning about businesses and how to scale and pivot and all the good stuff, the bad stuff, but the things that are going to make my business more viable is worth it, Gareth. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. Uh, and you attribute all of that to me, but I, I'm not going <laughs> to let that rest with me. Well, well, it's it's our guests that really bring all of that quality into studio. What do we do here? We bring senior executives, CEOs, entrepreneurs who are doing really great work, all of these individuals into studio, and we, we want to learn from them. We want to grow from them. We ask them questions about their journeys, and today is no different. In fact, we're, I think we're honored today, but before we go there, I mean, it's important to understand that this future CEO's conversation is proudly brought to you by Coronation. Day in and day out, since Coronation started 25 years ago, they never stopped working to earn your trust and make your money work for you. Coronation, trust is earned. You know what? When I describe profound impact of national debates, when I talk about a media organization with great future, when I talk about a beacon of independent journalism across the continent, what pops into your head? Oh, obviously, Cliff Who? Central. Cliff Central, right? <laughs> Who and what? No, no. That, that beautiful introduction is for the CEO of the Mail and Guardian, one of the biggest, b- biggest brands in journalism. Absolutely. And, and, and ethical. hard-hitting, ethical, ethical, fantastic journalism that, that we do have here in the, in the country and across the world, in fact. Um, Hussein, you are the CEO of Mail and Guardian here in South Africa. We're so very grateful to have you in studio. Welcome. Thank you very much, and good afternoon, Shruby, and good afternoon, Gareth, and good afternoon to all your listeners out there. I must say that um, often I find that when you uh, introduce yourself as a CEO of the Bell Garden, everybody responds in the manner that you have just responded right oh, okay, now. Okay. There's lots of excitement, and I, and it's uh, you know sometimes. Uh, contradicted to what, you know, happens behind the scenes, uh, at the CEO level of a, uh, newspaper like the Mail and Guardian. But, um, I'm humbled, you know, that you've chosen me to, uh, participate, uh, in what you're doing. I think it's a really good initiative. So well done on that. Thank you. Um, and yeah, so, uh, here I am. I would, I would argue that most CEOs probably feel the same way about their organizations because there's a lot of interesting stuff that goes on behind the scenes all over the place. Yes, yes. You've been behind the scenes doing some interesting stuff. You're in the CEO Sleepout. Thank you for doing that. Yes. You, you recently had some new owners. You got some new bosses. Yeah. That must be interesting. Yeah, so let me share that with you. Um, you know, the sector is always... Uh, been a struggling sector, especially over Correct. the past three years, Correct. three, four years mm. as print. And mm-hmm. I think that as the shift to digital um, has been happening, the business models have become increasingly difficult mm. to, to navigate through. And, um, you know, uh, in last year it became increasingly difficult and we needed to sort of take some, uh, mm. decisions, important decisions in our lives as the mailing guardian, uh, what we were all, uh, uh, consensus about was that the energy has to survive. It's mm. such an important such institution, an important. uh, within the South African democracy Absolutely. that, uh, we had to do whatever it took to ensure the long-term sustainability of the brand of the paper. And, um, 
we managed to then bring in the Media Development Investment Fund, a New York-based fund wow. who invests in media across the world in emerging economies. Ooh, we must talk about that. Um, and and uh, they play a very important role mm. um, across the world, and uh, they agreed to up their uh, shareholding in the MNG from uh, 10%, which it originally was, mm. to to sort of the majority shareholder now. Mm. And um, and they brought me on board as well as a minority shareholder in the okay. sort of overall. So And we, we embarked on a 100-day plan uh, and a 100-day strategy to ensure we bring about better stability into the business and uh, to ensure its longer-term sustainability, which is what we're sort of in right now. Yeah, I was about to say, so this yeah. was in December that this, this happened, December. and so you're in, you're in, in the latter end of <laughs> your 100 Yeah, 100 it feels you're still sort of uh, <laughs> yeah. navigating your way through it, you know, that yeah. has its sort of ups and downs, but uh, it's been interesting times. we have um, mm. learning to discover each other as yeah. it goes with, yeah. with new shareholders. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, certainly, and I've been... Uh, Doing roadshows across uh, the country, visiting uh, agencies, visiting uh, corporates, mm. and the response really has been awesome. Mm. You positive, know, from good very, stuff. very positive. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's almost as if where has the MNG been all these mm. years? You know, um, and uh, and I guess, I, and I guess the the sort of positive sentiment that uh, is playing itself out across the country right now does help. Mm. I mean, I think that uh, we are seen as a platform that uh, was instrumental in bringing about the change that did yep. occur. Absolutely. I mean, the MNG uh, sort of was the was the platform that broke the Kandla story mm. way back then. Mm-hmm. Um, the MNG played an important role in breaking the Estina Dairy uh, f- uh, farm story yep. um, led to the Guptas, which eventually was the story that led to um, you know unearthing all the the real stuff that yeah. got them to the. The sort of eyeballs of the prosecution's authority now, you know. So, so this is what the MNG uh, has always done over the years, mm. and finally, we feel that we are being recognised for all those efforts. No, more importantly, about what's happening in the country and the shift I, that's taking place. I really, place. truly love to call it Gareth and uh, Hussein as um, ethical yes. storytelling, correct journalism, and impact focused. Yes, you know. Um, but I'd like to go back to the very beginning. Of his journey and your right. career. Yes. Do take us back. Right. So, so, I mean, I think that if I, if I were to go back and sort of <laughs> reflect on how I ended up, you know, getting here, yeah. um, I've got to acknowledge the role that my parents played in my life in the formative years. Mm. You know, Where did my, you grow up? Where are you I from? I grew up in Cape Town, okay. um, in Athlone, heart yes. of Cape Town. Mm. Um, I was privileged to be in that my father was a lawyer. And my mom was a teacher. Wow. And, uh, you know, they always inculcated a uh, mindset of learning, um, of reading. Mm. And, uh, and that, that helped us, you know, um, if we reflect back on the, I, I probably didn't do enough of it, but I mean, mm. I do recall, uh, our Wednesday afternoon routine of, uh, visiting the local CNA, you oh, know, wow, okay. and, uh, getting magazines, getting books, um, and uh, sure. so there was a lot of, uh, yeah. Was it forced, perhaps? But it, yeah, it it, beca- it became natural afterwards, you know. And uh, reading Hardy Boys, and oh yeah, all those yeah, types I of remember, books, you know. That. And uh, and I think that um, yeah, the times were were tough, you know. Despite them, uh, my mum being a teacher, my dad uh, being a lawyer, it was they, they were difficult times, mm-hmm. you know. It was, uh, you know, in the seventies, apartheid South Africa, um, and. Uh, 
you know, it, it, it was uh, difficult, I think, for my father to um, do what he, he could. And uh, his peers were um, Daloma, uh, um, peers were um, uh, Issa Musa. Um, those are the people that he had studied and he grew up with. So um, I think it was a very academic sort of uh, environment that we felt, but it wasn't easy. You know, it wasn't a privileged environment. You know, it wasn't a lifestyle of fancy cars and fancy houses. It was, it was tough. It was, know. it was real. I, I think that that's right. Sometimes these other lifestyles just seem yes. so foreign and so some unreal. Yeah. You can't, you can't get your hands and arms around them. Yeah. What I do appreciate about your story is that. Often parents they they and I'm not a parent yet, so right. maybe I'm I'll fall prey to this at some yes. point. But they, they seem to want to give their children what they what they haven't had. Yeah. Um, when in fact what they should be doing, and uh, it's the best definition of parenting that I ever heard, was that your your job is to prepare your child for life. Yeah. And so sometimes you have to force some some rigorous discipline on them. Yes. Um, in the and f- what a good job they did if that was their yeah, exactly. goal. Yeah, exactly. And so, so yeah. yes, you, to, to your credit to your parents. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, so, sure. so the natural sort of follow-on from there mm. is that when – and I've got two kids, right mm. – is for me to try and uh, replicate mm. what my parents did for me, mm. for my kids, so that you know my kids have a, a, a really good grounding. But let me tell you, it's probably the most difficult thing on earth. <laughs> okay. you know, because simply because life is so different right now, mm. you know. And uh, my no, kids tell me this. Oranges, yeah. You say? don't have to tell me this. My kids <laughs> tell me that life is diff- mm, different yeah. now. And one has to adopt a very different mindset mm. in this digital world. You know, I mean, my son, um, you know, uh, if, if we were to wake up or go to sleep at night, we'd probably be with a book. or mm. And in the morning, uh, if we wake up, we'd probably all have breakfast together and we'd be, you know, uh, preparing for school. But... Um, so my son, uh, you know, gets all his information off any of his devices, mm. the ones he has access to. Mm. And uh, sometimes you'd find him early in the morning watching some video. Now you'd think it'd be a music video or some cartoon or mm. something. But actually it's, it, it's a video all about tech. So all okay. this 13-year-old consumes Absolutely. at the moment is tech. You know, and tech fascinates him completely. You know? mm. So, um, so I, I don't, you know, get too involved in terms of trying to guide what he then consumes because mm. I mean I think that they find it naturally for themselves yeah, so yeah. it's a very interesting experience and if I were to tell my mum who fortunately for me is still alive mm. what my what her grandson does at <laughs> 5 o'clock in the morning she'd be completely <laughs> different alarmed world. <laughs> you know? she'd say what are you doing how are you raising these kids but mm. yeah so so it, it's a very different and I suppose every generation uh, has to well, yeah, as a parent you adopt different sort of sure. uh, strategies in terms of how you're going to raise your kids but certainly what my parents did for me at that time worked you know and, and I'm very grateful to them for it. And, and then so if, if we take that and then we fast forward a little bit f- uh, into your uh, maybe next part of your formation, your, the yes. formative years of your life. Yes. What, what were your interests? What, what, what brings you to be a CEO? So the, the, this question of what is the formula, what's the makeup of, of a CEO? What is yeah. in your makeup? Look, I mean, I think that, um, first of all, I uh, found myself uh, – very interested in what is happening out in the business world from a very early age, mm. you know. So, um, 
my, my dad used to subscribe to Time magazine. Okay. And, uh, I remember getting, getting the magazine at home and, and sure. sort of paging through just to picking up interesting, uh, you know, snippets out of it. Mm. And then, um, as life progressed, I think I, uh, actually, and I'll give them a punt, I found financial mail very interesting. Okay. Right. And, um, and it's interesting how one cons- one learns to consume uh, different platforms. Mm. So, in as much as my thin-year-old son finds video as his access into the information world, I find humor as my access to information world. So, right. my first introduction to uh, the newspapers were the comics, mm. right? I used to enjoy the comics, yeah, the and comics that then good. led me on to reading the sport, and that then led me on to reading sort of what was in the main body of the paper, mm. right? And um, when I, uh, you know, started reading Financial Mail at the time, the first bits I'd go to with the, they used to have a humor section right at the back of the mm. financial, and that was the first, and then I'd go through. So it's, it's interesting to see what attracts people mm. into platforms, and then, then you get there, and then you sort of uh, get introduced to, to what is real and, mm. and where you find your learning. But so, so I did find my, uh, interest in business from a very early age, and, um, you know, um, Naturally, I, uh, academically, I thought I would become a lawyer because mm. I did hold the fact that my father was a lawyer and, and so quite highly. Mm. I enjoyed mm. the fact that he was. And I thought that I'd follow in his footsteps. But then a, uh, an accountant by the name of Mustak Bray stepped mm. in and uh, spoke to my dad and uh, he needed someone to come and help him out at a practice that he had uh, established uh, – in about 19, the late, late eighties. Mm. Um, and, uh, I then joined the practice and, and that's where my, you know, I became an accountant. I was right? about to say, are yeah. you, are you now a CA? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not a CA. I mean, I, I followed the, the entire process. Yes. I, uh, I served my articles. I studied, um, my, the, the degree and everything. Um, uh, but the interesting thing is that, so, so Mustak, uh, then, uh, established brand associate. He went on to establish, uh, one of the first empowerment companies in the Western Cape called mm. Brimstone. Mm. And, um, and they're a formidable empowerment company even up until today. Mm. So, um, these are all the influences that sure. shaped my life, you know, at, a, at, at that age. Mm. Um, sort of then, uh, you know, moving away from the law profession, which would have been my national inclination, becoming an accountant. Mm. And, um, yeah, and, and that's, you know, that, that then started or launched my career, my, my, my initial sort of experience at uh, serving the articles, um, to the latter end of it, um, working a lot with the, um, Cape Town municipality mm. in digitizing all their records. And then, um, you know, my first, uh, job in corporate South Africa was at MultiChoice. And that's, that's when, you know, the whole world kind of then opened up for me. Clearly, it's, it's so interesting how the different CEOs, but, uh, speak different languages and, and you Absolutely. develop these languages from when you're quite young, uh, but they are always similarities. Are you seeing all of these similarities here? Well, definitely similarity if you're going to be the financial manager at MultiChoice and yeah. then a financial director at M&G, you know. Correct. So I think that um, you're very well um, informed Yeah, and I mean, highly educated as well. Yes or no? Yeah, I, I think that accounting gives you a very, very solid base, mm. right, for you to be able to um, get and, and show you understand what the levers are that drive any business, mm. right? Um, Love that. The, 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 uh, the best role for any 
individual to get into to really understand the business is the the finance role because you know you're not sort of limited to sort of purely just the the sales the marketing or the editorial function you get a real good sort of cross section of all the important drivers of the business and you get to sort of then study them in detail so you can understand what it is and what yep, the, the, the cost levers yep. are and, 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 and what the exactly. impacts are of these different kinds of uh, costs and what impact they have on, on revenue generation which drives the overall business mm. so it does give you a really good uh, sort of base upon which to sort of uh, to, to move forward here yeah. so we move through all of these positions and you land up in the role of CEO yeah uh, how so long has it been Okay, so CEO now five years. Five years. Yeah, yeah. Let's go back to day one. Yes. What was your biggest light bulb moment as you entered this th- that office and and all the implications of that office? Yeah, I mean, I think the most important thing is as you move through these various roles, is how more and more important people actually become, mm-hmm. right? Love Whereas, um, you know, uh, sorry, the, people in relation to what staff, your 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 people, your, your individuals, you yeah. know, how more and more important they are. The, the sort of the higher you progress in an, any organization, you know, at a, at a very basic level as a, as a management accountant, numbers are probably mm. important. As you move forward, revenues become important. As you move further up, um, you know, uh, the bottom line bottom becomes line. important. When you get to the CEO level, the big light bulb moment is people mm. are most important. I love that. Right? Individuals, how how individuals react, who the individuals are, who you surround yourself with, how you treat them, uh, those are the the, the most important issues um, that you learn. Um, to and some of the challenges that come with them, you know, they learn to deal with as 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 a CEO. So you, one would naturally think that that's an HR role. Actually, it's the mm. CEO's role. Mm. Yeah, mm. ensure that that your people are good people and that you look after them because without your staff, you are you are not looking there. after your employees. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. A better business. Yeah, yeah. What should have somebody have told you? Or given advice to you about being a CEO? I think that, um, I mean, so, so I... What were uh, your expectations and what did you get? Look, I mean, I, th- I think the, the issue of uh, how to, and, and I've really alluded to the fact that people are really important. Mm. Um, the degree of empathy you have towards uh, individuals and towards people uh, is, is a really difficult sort of... Uh, Line uh, to navigate because you know when you are faced um, with people who have got children Correct. who earn a very low they earn a very low income but they want to send their children to university now given the fact that I had um, a slightly better advantage than my parents you know drove the fact that I needed to learn needed to study. Um, for me, um, I could never say no to helping people with tuition fees. I could never say no. Mm. So, so, so the big challenge is when to say no. Mm. And not just when to say no to individuals, when to say no to anything in life. Mm. It's a very, very difficult, um, line, a, a difficult sort of uh, space to be able to navigate your way through because when do you say no? When do you take on too much as an individual? When do you take on too many responsibilities? Yeah. When do you take on too much work? When do you sort of, uh, how do you allocate workloads? How do you learn to delegate more? Um, how do you, um, how do you say no to someone who wants a staff loan? Mm. Right? It's like hard to say no. That so, is, is a very difficult line. I mean, like, I know textbook teaches you that. 
No textbook teaches you the fundamentals. Yes, you can have policies and procedures in place, you know, and uh, it's always easy to sort of deflect to the policy mm. and procedure. I flack off on them. That's correct. right, you yeah, know. Yeah. And you could say to staff members, well, look, you know, the policy According doesn't to, allow that. Yeah, policy yeah, procedure yeah. only allows you yeah. to have, you know, yeah. uh, a limit of one month uh, salary remuneration as staff. And that's where it ends. Mm. But when you have someone standing in front of you with tears in their eyes, wanting to send their kids, wanting to get their child to get their university fees uh, university results and, uh, and is unable to, to to get access to the university results because they haven't paid their fees you know I and, and this just comes naturally I would go out of my way to try and assist that individual you know so but, but, but it, it, you, you, it becomes a very difficult trend to follow especially if you if you start growing your staff base you know you, you're getting flooded and mm. you, you, you've got to be able to find a a, a middle ground somewhere. Yeah, you have to be able to draw a line. That's right. Really, where the middle ground is, exactly, is, is where, where, where it's difficult. Yeah. Uh, our experience uh, of CEOs here in, in the studio and out in the world is that often what seems to happen is that they process information sometimes differently to the rest of us. How yes. do you process the no decision? So, uh, b- b- I don't want this one to drop because it's sure. such an important point. No, no, absolutely. How do you process it? Look, I, I think that... Um, if I am really unable to mm. assist, I would be honest mm. and um, declare to the individual who has made the request that, so, you know, unfortunately circumstances don't allow us to do that or um, I'm unable to assist or I'll try and go, uh, you, know, you know, try and steer them in a direction mm. where they could find some assistance. But I wouldn't, uh, I think, let the individual go without some form of uh, ability to be able to find a solution somewhere. I try and assist to find the solution in some way, shape, or form. Okay, so I, I hear two things coming from you. You're talking about an honest, an honest approach. Correct. Always be honest, but then and always, tr- yeah, yeah. always help them find a solution, Correct. whether that solution lies with you That's right. or not. Or, yeah. Always help them always, find a solution. Always find, find okay, solution. so it's a no and, not yeah. a no. Full stop. Full stop. Right. Yeah. Correct. Okay, no, very nice. Yeah. You know what? Those are such. Highly, for me, highly respectable leadership skills, you're saying. What else do you think leaders need to be successful CEOs as in characteristics? Yeah. I mean, I think that I've I've already spoken about – so, so look, the important issues for me are honesty, integrity, and respect, right? Mm. Respect for individuals, respect for cultures, respect – and it, it's a it's a um, it's a very broad mm. word, but um, and and simplistically, you know, one could uh, uh, sort of translate that um, sometimes into just be nice to people. Yeah, right. There's no need for a restaurant owner to admonish his staff in front of everybody else. You know. You know, take the individual to the back, mm. have the words with him. Mm. But I, I found it distressing when mm. people 
are rude mm. to their staff in front of me mm. in a restaurant or mm. any work environment. Mm. It is, it is, that's not the way to do it. So, so I think that my, my third, if you ask me, three sort of characteristics would mm. be, um, Honesty, integrity, and, and respect. Yeah. What's so interesting is that uh, CEO of McDonald's South Africa, Greg Solomon, shared with us once that he uses two two uh, ratings, and they're objective ratings to a large extent, or, or rather subjective ratings, um, to decide whether or not he wants to pull someone into his team. And, and the two characteristics that he uses is respect. Do I respect this person on a scale and of one I to ten? Them? How much do I respect them? Yeah. Mm. And then the other one is how much on a scale of one to ten do I trust them? takes yes. those two numbers, multiplies them together, right. gets a, a very basic rating, yeah. but a very good indication of sure. whether or not he wants to actually do business with this person or yeah. can do business with this person. Correct. So, so trust and respect. That's re- right. Really, really and, and I think that if you, if you, if you walk the talk, mm. then staff members, individuals naturally mm. become inclined that Absolutely. way too, you know, um, and I've, I've found many, many environments, you know, where I've interacted with people across the country where, um, the individual is shaped by mm. the sort of, um, characteristic of the leader, mm. you know, and, um, and, and, and it's always within a, uh, junior staff member's mm. ambition to, to become, and to aspire, of you course, know, uh, to, to aspire to be like the leader, you know. With, which which kind of, this, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. this, and then smacks of what do certain political leaders, uh, why do they pull certain political levers? Why do they work in, in a certain kind of way? Because they are influencing to a, uh, on a mass scale potentially sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I, I think of the EFF and a Julius Malema and, and the way that they, Behave or conduct themselves yeah. appropriate sometimes, yes. otherwise uh, other times not. Correct. Um, but the influence that this has on on so many. Correct. I mean, I think that you know the South Africa that we found ourselves in um, during the Jacob Zuma era um, could easily have led us down a really slippery slope. Mm. In and fact, it probably did. Yeah, it probably did. Say. You know, yeah. and um, and uh, one. Could only hope and pray that with the change having taken place now. And look, it's a real world out there. So, I mean, I know a lot of what I'm saying um, sounds, sounds um, good, good yeah, right? But yeah. look, it's a harsh world out there. I know, I and know. sometimes you have to make hard decisions yeah. and you have to retrench staff and you have to mm. um, shut down divisions mm. and you have mm. to mm. Um, mm. go through some of these sort of trials of life. That mm. are life that, and one needs to also be able to develop a bit of a thick skin because mm, you are mm. the chief executive and you have to be able to take accountability. What's been your worst moment? I have to just jump in there as yeah. CEO. I mean, I, th- I think that um, every retrenchment Shh, uh, that we've gone through, they've all been really, really tough. Of course. Because there are a couple of things. You know, the, the, mm. the, the Mail and Guardian um, has always been a platform for really good journalism. Yes. So one does not easily want to um, uh, you know, take any action that is going to result, result in the, the, the journalism diminishing Correct. in this country. Correct. Right? Correct. You always want to ensure that journalism uh, provides a space for opportunity for young aspiring, you know, students and, and, and journalists out there. And you want, you always want to have a platform 
that they would want to be associated with, right? Um, and it's very, very hard. I've, I found it really extremely difficult to, mm. to go through retrenchments and where you have to tell journalists who are so key to this country's democracy mm. that they are, they no longer have employment. And, um, the issue that the, uh, journalism schools speak about and dumbing down of newsrooms and that mm. type of thing could easily happen when you sort of lose some of the, um, institutional, uh, mindsets yeah. of, of the journalists that, that do or have existed in our country. And there are many of them, you know, mm. many journalists who, who wrote and, and, and were journalists to the core, um, and, uh, and talk about individuals with high degrees of ethics and 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 and, and responsibility in terms of the way they've um, reported matters. Right. You know, to now know that they are without uh, jobs is it is a very difficult mm. sort of uh, pill to swallow mm. for me. Um, and I've always uh, and I think that possibly one of the areas where I've fallen short. Yeah. So, so and this, this is contradictory, but I mean the point is. Um, not be and 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 I sort of hold myself accountable to this is the fact that we have not been able to ensure that the um commercial side of of the platform of the that platform, we run yeah. have been successful enough to ensure that there've mm. been a, a that there's been a growth or there've been more opportunities for mm. for 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 journalists uh, in this but country th- right th- now. It's always yeah. been a hard sector to fulfill yeah. that economic Correct. sense for yes. the employees. Right. You know what I mean? It's yeah. always been a difficult sector. So, so I've, I think that, that we've we've always uh, as the MG mm. leaned towards um, you know foregoing some of the profits. You know, foregoing mm. margin. Mm. For the purpose of ensuring that uh, journalism survives, you know, and um, uh, you know, at some point uh, we had to sort of make some harsh calls, but um, you know, I don't think the MNG is ever going to be there to make uh, anybody enormously wealthy. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, that's just not what the MNG is yeah, all about. Yeah. The yeah. MNG is there to ensure yeah. that there is this platform. Uh, for thought, platform yeah. for debate, debate, you know, debate, platform for 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 voices to be heard, yes. uh, in the platform yes. for young voices to be yes. heard in this country, you know, and I think that if we can ensure and quality that quality information, correct, if we can ensure that the energy survives Absolutely. with that, then we've done a good job, you know. It's not here <gasps> for the dividend. Yeah. Yeah. I want I want to be a subscriber now. You're sitting with the CEO, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Let's do because as time. No, meanders no. from yes. under, uh, away from us here. Yes, um, and it's moving and meandering quite quickly. Yes, Let, let's do some quick fire questions. Yes, I think. yeah, yeah sure. Um, so, if you would please finish this sentence: As CEO, my highest priority every day is to ensure that our people have provided an enabling environment for our people to flourish. An enabling and environment for yeah. your people to flourish and excel. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. What has been the best advice you ever received? Um. Learn to say no mm-hmm. and um, study, study, study. You know, okay. Learn. If you have an opportunity to improve yourself, whether you are 21 okay. or Love whether that. you are Love 65, you know, take advantage of the opportunity and go and learn 
Um, you know, I, I, I'm How do a, you empower yourself? Well, before I get there, I just yeah. say that I, I, I am a very religious person and uh, yeah. I'm a Muslim. And, uh, yes. you know, one of the first words of the Quran that was revealed was this word ikra, which means ikra. read. Ikra. Ikra. Mm. Right. Ikra, which means read. Mm. And I mean, and that's so true mm. into all sort ikra. of aspects of, of society that mm. one sort of then, you know, whether you're, uh, as you progress through life, it's so important to read, it's so important to learn. Okay, so on that note of yes. reading, what is a book that you mm. would recommend to our future CEOs right. community? So I think the, the book that um, has had a huge impact on my life is a book called The Road Less Traveled by okay. Scott Peck. Right. Okay. Because as you navigate your way through the book, it really gets you to get to the root of who you are, the real sort of sure. inner mm. sense of who you are. Because it talks about the issues of uh, uh, of discipline, mm. of um, your psycho- uh, psychological well-being, your... Um, uh, your, your, uh, theories in, in terms of life, your religion, your spiritual, um, it's, it's all these real core elements that make up who you are. Mm, you the, know, the makeup again. That's yeah, right. Like so, so, and it gets to the, the real heart of that, you know, and, uh, yeah, as you've progressed through the book, it really kind of strips you bare mm. of everything wow. and makes you realize the individual that drives who you are, you know. And, uh, you know, the, the, as you just said, wow, now you, you, you know, you put down sort of every chapter in that book and you say to yourself, wow, and you reflect and you actually want to go back and mm. read it again. So I think that that has really been a book that, um, has played a, a, a huge role or, or helped me, you know, along in terms of my journey. I appreciate that a great deal because we do hear that a, a certain, there's a certain self-awareness and, yeah. a, and a certain opportunity for self-reflection that advances this idea of self-awareness. Yeah. And the, the more you understand yourself, certainly within a team environment, certainly as a leader of a team, a yeah. CEO, uh, the more you can you know, push that team to be the best that they can be, okay. understanding your own weaknesses. Emotional right? intelligence. Yeah. That's right. Emotional, emotional intelligence. intelligence. That's exactly it. Yeah. To be able to, to be able to read people, Absolutely. to be able to yeah, understand, room, yeah. you know, um, whether or to be able to, uh, understand when the individual is not at their best. Absolutely. Um, to understand what is it that is causing them distress. Absolutely. And the other part of it also is the ability to be able to predict an outcome. Mm. You know, mm. by by developing that emotional intelligence, you can, mm. you know, through f- uh, in the form of a discussion, almost predict where something mm. is going, and you could then have the ability to steer it in a in a, in a different direction, a direction that you really want it to go into. So. Hussain, as you say that, I'm disappointed we can't delve into some of the, the, the skills that you've developed, the right. ability to read yeah. uh, people uh, as best as we could. We're going to have to then have you back in studio to talk about some sure. of that uh, because we are running out of time. A final question, yes. uh, a 30-second answer for, uh, from yes. our side is if you could go back in time and we ask all everyone yes. that comes through, through that door uh, this question, if you could go back in time and talk to the young future CEO you, Yes. What is that one piece of advice that you would give yourself? Yeah, um, you know, be ambitious, but don't chase the money. You know, okay. As a as a young twenty uh, year old, twenty one year old, focus on the learning, focus mm. on the academics. Don't chase the money. Um, find a way of uh, you know, if you if you need the income, study part time. There are many many platforms available now. But, but continue learning. Mm. I think that, that really is important. Very yeah. nice. Thank you. That was the CEO of Mail and Guardian, Hussein Karjika. In his words, Ikra, 
learn, read. What a fascinating conversation from a media organization with a great future. Gareth, anything to say? No, I think that that uh, was a really, really well-rounded conversation. You you pulled us through everything so well. Thank you for for joining us in the studio. We Thank really you. Thank you very much for hosting me. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Hussein. That was Feature CEOs brought to you, proudly brought to you by Coronation. Ups, downs, good days, bad days. Since Coronation started 25 years ago, through the highs, the lows, they work every single day to make your money work for you. Coronation, trust is earned. A lot can happen in a day. A lot has happened since the day Coronation started 25 years ago. The first democratic election in 94, rugby champions in 95. Two Nobel Peace Prize winners, one indomitable and Cosy Johnson. But there was also the 2008 crash and global recession. Then, what a day when we kicked off the World Cup. South Africans united. We pushed on and believed. Unbelievable, unbelievable. From the day Coronation started, through the highs and the lows, we worked every day to earn your trust and make your money work for you. To invest your money today, visit coronation.com. Coronation. Trust is earned. Coronation is an authorized financial services provider and approved manager of collective investment schemes. Future CEOs on cliffcentral.com.